There we go. All right, guys. Jumping right in this week. We got a, a lot of stuff to cover. Crazy week in the sport. Uh, but first off, how's your week going? How you doing over there in Oregon? Um, you know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, yeah, a lot of class. Had a business midterm today. Had probably got like my busiest day of the entire year today. All these classes, everything, got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah, dude, um, my, my Tuesdays, I leave the house at 5.30 a.m. and I don't come back until like uh, 6 p.m. It's pretty yeah, rough. That's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. The weather's starting to get a little bit nicer over here, you know. Um, I'm sure it's still very cold in New York. Oh, it's but... tough over here. Yeah. Well, it's in the, you know, actually it was in the 40s though, so not so bad. Not bad. Um, I want to just fill the people in on, on what happened with me this week uh, as far as my commentary position with NYU wrestling and the controversy that kind of stemmed from that. I don't know if Charlie's aware of what went on. You call it. I think I heard. So essentially at the end of the dual meet, there was some dead air. NYU had just suffered a close loss to Stevens. And I was the commentator for the wrestling match. Shout out NYU Athletic Department for nominating for that position. Something I'm obviously passionate about. You guys see me doing the podcast. I uh, enjoy doing it. Anyway, I said, you know, NYU didn't win their full lineup, and our 165 pounder, who uh, is nationally ranked, had a skin infection. So he would have greatly affected the outcome of the dual meet. And then Stevens, the team that just beat us, tweeted at me. I don't even have a Twitter, by the way, but they just said my name. They were like, excuses are for wusses. So then, of course, my they're not wrong, right? But then, like, I was just trying to fill that air. Like, I didn't mean anything, like, rough. And then they're coming for me as, like, a college student analyst, which is, like, hilarious. But then my boys start coming to their back and uh, coming to my back. And one of them, do you know that bar stool video where uh, this dude, Dave Portnoy, is like eating pizza in New Jersey and it's at Stevens College. And he's like, no, there's no such thing as Stephen College. Stephen College isn't real, doesn't even exist. <laughs> so you know, like, uh, this whole monologue about it. And then all of my guys like posted that clip underneath the Stevens Twitter <laughs> and everyone like got in trouble. And I kind of got in trouble, well, not trouble per se, but. I mean, who's going to get you in trouble? Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, you know, the coaches like came and talked to me. There's like a whole, like, yeah, I think the AD actually talked to some of our wrestlers, but geez. Uh, yeah, but anyway, no ill will towards Stevens Wrestling. I understand it's probably all good fun. They also have a new head coach running the account. So, like, it is what it is. Uh, but funny week for me. Uh, yeah, just getting real busy, but, you know, somehow we all managed to only go eight days between episodes. Would have been seven days, but Mr. Chuck is over here, fell asleep. So we're going to, we're going to jump in one day late, uh, and we're going to talk about the kind of snooze fest main event on uh, Saturday night. But first, we can talk about uh, basic, basically addressing uh, you know our career, how we do at the beginning of every episode. If you could have done something different in your career, what do you think it would have been? Do you think you would have done anything different? Um, you know, I first of all, yeah, like everybody has things that they regret. I also – I wouldn't even say regret. Like I don't have anything that I – regret per se like I had my reasons to do everything you know I weighed the like my decisions um but certainly you know looking back on it there were um some things that I may have done different that I could have enjoyed I'll never know obviously uh mostly for me it was sophomore year I did not wrestle in the frost off state tournament uh or in the series at all um looking back on it I'm sure you know I was probably one of the top, top sophomores, you know, and, you know, and I probably would have done quite well at that tournament, is yeah. all I'm saying. And, uh, 
Do you regret freshman year at all? We never really talked. No, about I actually don't because um, I enjoyed formal. I mean, that was a fun night for me. Backstory for everyone that Charlie qualified for Varsity State and didn't go his freshman year because he yeah. had formal. Um, I will always look back on that night like, well, and you know that weight cut was pretty bad for yeah. me. It was a brutal weight cut. Charlie's getting down to 182 pounds. The only time he yeah, ever did from high school, I was like 215 at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah. Cutting weight's no joke, man. We see that a lot, uh, especially with Jared Cannon here's fighting this weekend. He came down from heavyweight all the way to middleweight. Pretty crazy. Yeah. I'll definitely actually say, like, sort of Some the may opposite. may say he's biting my drip. No joke. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Jared, where are you at? <laughs> um, but, nah, so, seriously, like, where I was, uh, like, looking back at my career, the biggest thing that I uh, regret not doing is, uh, you know, you see all the guys who I beat my, like, seventh, eighth freshman year career-wise, like, those guys went on to do really good things. And I, you know, I was a good wrestler. I wasn't quite great. I was great in certain situations, but I was really good. I think that if I had focused on getting bigger and lifting early in my career, like if I had entered high school as a 182 pounder, I think that would have made me be a little bit better. I think I would have had better results. Probably would have been a couple of times state qualifier. You know, I, I stuck with the mold early on of like those big guys are slower and I did better against them. But uh, yeah, I, I got so focused on kind of, I feel like the fat aspect of like cutting weight on uh, being light that I, I, when I gained weight, it was in the wrong way. Whereas now I like enjoy lifting. And like, for example, last week, like when we post our episode, I post a picture of me making, you know, 160 pounds as a sophomore and everyone was frying me saying, I kind of look yeah. like a, a skinny little boy, which I was, I mean, I was cutting a lot of weight and I was real skinny, but you know, I wrestled 160 as a sophomore and I wrestled 156 as a seventh grader. So not a lot of growth in between that. I was really just focused on keeping my weight down. Uh, and also, I think this week I'm going to post a picture of me looking yoked just to fuck with the people. But anyway, all right, we're going to get to this uh, UFC on ESPN card. What did you think of Sean Strickland's performance? Um, he did what he had to do, certainly. You know, Jack Hermanson is a – people view him as a grappler mostly, you know, because he's got a bunch of submission wins and he has very dangerous ground and pound. But – he, I know he also has quite a few knockout finishes in the UFC and definitely cannot be slept on as a striker. And um, I expected Sean Strickland to maybe put a little bit more pressure on him, you know, like we've seen in the past. But I think Sean Strickland followed a game plan, did what he needed to do to get the job done. And I'm happy for him, I guess you could say. Yeah. He's a crazy guy. Um you learn to love him though a little bit, right? Like he's kind yeah. of insane, but you like you like crazy Sean. You know, it's like, oh, look at that guy. He's crazy, but he's doing that shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, I like you said, I think he followed a game plan. I think he executed well. I think, you know, if you're trying to leapfrog Brunson and uh, Brunson and uh Cannoneer this weekend, you need to finish probably. I don't think he leapfrogged him. I think the winner of a Cannoneer Brunson's gonna get the title shot next if uh if Whitaker doesn't win. If Whitaker wins, it'd probably be. Trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think Sean probably needs to win one more fight. Uh, he might want to need to fight Marvin. That'd be an interesting fight. Uh, hard matchup for Sean. Uh, yeah, not too much to take from it. I mean, Sean is what we knew he was. Great takedown defense, tough to hit, good on the outside. Uh, just nothing new, really. I mean, we knew oh. he's we knew he's good. He's an animal. He's twenty five and three now on a six fight winning streak, and looking for some good contendership matchups coming down the, down the pipe. Yep. All absolutely. right. Now we can talk about uh, some other stuff. What about this dude, Shockbot Rachmaninoff? What did you think of this guy? 
Uh, dude looked like absolute killer. We saw the judo, excellent throws. Um, yeah. We saw him being very patient on the feet, picking his shots, hitting him with some good stuff. And uh, he knocked him down with that that spinning back kick or uh, hook kick, spinning hook kick, uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, wheel kick, kind of all the same thing. And um, a little bit of ground and pound, put the guy out once and for good. And, I mean – what else can you say? That dude was a tough opponent who he was going against. Yeah, Harris is tough. And he looked great. Yeah, we were uh, we were texting during the fight. Me and Charlie, I talked about him, you know, maybe versus Jeff Neal. Yeah. Might be, might be a little quick for that, now I'm thinking. He he asked for a fight against Michelle Pajera. That'd be awesome. But uh, Jeff Neal, maybe. I mean, maybe more of a Ponzinibbio type of fight, right? Like, maybe not quite top 10, because I don't even think Shockbox ranked yet. He definitely probably will be today. Uh, when they released the rankings or yesterday, I haven't checked them, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, where, where, where do you put him? Do you put him in a top 10 fight right away? Do you put him with a guy at the fringe like Michelle Pereira? Do you put him with maybe a Ponzinibbio who's like 12, something like that? What, what do you think? Um, I think you can absolutely put him against a, a top 10, 15 guy. I mean, if we, if his English was better, we would be talking about him like even more, you know, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a similar situation to Hamza where he's, yeah. Right, you know, but Hamza, you know, he speaks a little bit better English. Yeah, yeah, and no one hits Hamza. Different. Yeah, he's got a little bit more personality, and yeah. so um, that's really the only difference I see. I mean, this guy is fifteen and zero with all finishes, right? Yeah, it's crazy, so, crazy, isn't it? I think he absolutely deserves, you know, to call out somebody in the top fifteen. I don't think him versus Michelle Pereira would be a close fight at no, no, all. No. I don't think it would be either, but I think it might be fun. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think him and Jeff Neal would be a really good fight. But uh, Jeff uh, Neal is a. I don't know if Jeff Neal really wants to take that fight. To be honest, so. I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Ponzinibbio really want to take that fight either. And it's really not fair to give it to Lee Jing Leon again after he just fought. Uh, you can't Ponsa, give it to Lee yeah. again. I, I think Ponzinibbio makes the most sense because he's coming off a loss to a guy who's like fringe top ten. I think you got to give him someone just outside the rankings. I think that makes the most sense. Uh, but yeah, we're going to be ducking this guy. Though. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's certainly he, going to. He's, he's a problem. He's a problem. That's it. He's a problem. All right. Do you think this is Sam Alvey's last UFC fight? Um, no, wait. Keep in mind, short notice fight, up a weight class. Took, took a fight on four days notice, so the card did fall apart. But he is 0-7 and one in his last eight. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of how I saw the fight going. I think, did you, you may have, uh, no, you you picked the other guy, right? You didn't pick Oh, him. yeah, yeah. But so I, when it was Phil Hawes, I picked him by decision because Brendan doesn't get knocked out, or uh, Sam doesn't get knocked out at 185. It doesn't happen. His chin's too good. Uh, but then uh, when it was Brendan Allen, Brendan Allen can wrestle and submit people. So I picked Brendan Allen by submission. Yeah, I mean, he practically was knocked out anyway, Sam Alvey. Right? <laughs> he was, pra- I mean, he really uh, started the finish on the and a little bit i mean yeah he had that rear naked choke with no hooks yeah <laughs> um do you think this Absolutely, is yeah fight? sam alvey your time you don't want to give him another shot he took this fight up a weight class four days I mean, oh seven and one that's horrible <laughs> dude yeah that's i mean I, was, I have such a soft spot for the guy i don't know why maybe because we're both gingers but he just seems like such a good dude. I don't want to do him like that, but it you probably see UFC, like cut people for much less. Yeah. And I know Sam Alvey is like not the guy that you, that's going to be hard to deal with. Like a lot of the other guys at the UFC cut or, but 
I just don't see, you know, many people wanting to watch him fight on main cards anymore. Yeah, you're right. You know, like, yeah, and, like, he's been in the UFC now for, like, 20, 22 fights, I think. And, you know, you have to yeah. pay a certain amount if he's been around that long. So He's kind of a guy that you, like, typically stick in there on the ES, one of the ESPN main cards, and it's just, like, yeah. you know. Just because he has that win over Rashad Evans. Yeah, it's kind of just a meh fight normally. Yeah, you're right. It sucks. I do like I do like watching him fight. I do like his personality, but yeah, no, he's probably probably gonna be looking for Eagle FC or something like that in the near future. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to talk about this Julian Arosa versus Steven Peterson. Oh, that crazy, that, that second game. round was uh one of the best rounds I've seen. I mean, since I got the year, right. right? That may be the round of the year so far. Definitely the round of the year. I mean, yeah. This this fight might be the fight of the year so far. It's it's pretty pretty close. I mean, it like Giga and Calvin was a good fight, but I don't know. They didn't have this. I mean, this is this was yeah. competitive, right? Back and forth action. Um, and then you talk about Steven Peterson, who had a chance to make himself 50 G's and missed weight. Yikes. Pretty crazy. So now Julian Arosa made one hundred thousand dollars from that fight. Good for him. <laughs> and 30% of Peterson's purse and his own win money and show money. So he got paid five times. Yeah. So Julian Arosa's is something right. Yeah. But then, so you talk about Steven Peterson, who's uh, had a win against Chase Hooper and then a loss in like one of the fights of the year. But it's overshadowed by the fact that he's now missed weight, I think, three times in a row. Yikes. Once at 35, twice at 45. So it just makes you wonder, like, do we see him up at 55? Do we have to talk about him potentially getting the snip? Like, where where do you think where do you think he's at now? I don't think you can cut him after that performance. I mean, people yeah. are gonna want to watch this guy fight more. That fight was extremely exciting. But that's the thing, like he was smaller than Arosa. And you don't see like and you don't see anyone talking about Arosa going 55. Mm-hmm. Arosa's big for 45, but he was smaller than Arosa. Yeah, absolutely. he's just got to handle his weight cut a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about the Brian battle fight too for a yeah, second. Yeah, it was. Uh, we were to, my man Trey Sean like he blew it, man. I think I think he just thought it was gonna be a gimme. Uh, it kind of reminded me of like chaos. He kind of reminds me of, like chaos Williams, where he knows he's know, got the hands of death. Yeah, but if you face a guy that's not going to stand in front of you, like this fight almost reminded me of, like Chaos Williams versus Michelle Pereira. Yeah, exactly. It was like exactly he was never there. He, he was never there for him to hit. Like if he would have stood in front of him for one second, he might have well, been he able to. He did knock him down up. twice in the second round. Yeah. But yeah, no, I see what you mean. Like he was never able to get a clean shot, right? Yeah. Because the dude was never standing in front of him. He was always moving. Yeah. And uh, You're right. Trey Sean, you know, kind of was flat footed the whole time. Yeah, and then they were talking about in the fighter meeting how Treshawn said he was going to be a two-division champion before he had his UFC debut. Like, dude, come on. Like, so, anyway. um, I can see definitely some potential for that guy. I mean, Yeah, I think Treshawn should get another shot in the UFC. I, um, I believe he will. He absolutely will. Yeah, and then, you know, Battle obviously looks really good. Uh, like to see him get thrown in the mix. I mean, you know, he's another guy who used, he used to be a heavyweight, Brian Battle. Really? Yeah, and came down. What was that fight at? Like 70? 85. 85? Jesus. He used to be, yeah, he used to be fat. He used to be fat. fat. Yeah. He used to be fat. But, oh, uh, yeah, he was the last pick, and you see him come on the show, and uh, now he's, like, the actual winner of the show, it looks like. Yeah. So, there you go. All right. Big, big, big money card this weekend, boy. Big money card this weekend. 
Yep. Right, we're, we're doing a main card plus two as we do for our numbered events. And we're going to start with kind of one that makes me a little bit sad. Uh, Roxanne Modafferi versus Casey O'Neill. Roxy's been in the game for 20 years. Uh, she's a, a legend, a veteran, fought for a title at flyweight. Uh, but I don't really see how she gets this one done, Charlie. Yeah, I mean, Casey O'Neill's 8-0, right, with almost all finishes. Um, yeah. In the women's division, you don't really see this very often where, you know, an undefeated fighter, any fighter for that matter, has that many finishes and that many TKO KOs. So I think uh, this Casey O'Neill girl is one of the top prospects in the in all of women's fighting right now, and I think she gets it done by knockout. Yeah, I agree. It's Roxanne's last fight. It's a retirement fight, uh, which makes this a little somber because we just know like what the kind of person that Roxy is and what she's done for the sport. Uh, it's it's a somber occasion for sure. I mean, she's been a great ambassador, and she's going to go out on the loss by TKO. Uh, ran into Roxy with our dad at Masters Worlds. She was signing autographs and I just kept seeing all these young women walking up to her and just being like, you inspired me. You did everything. Like you're the reason why I'm doing this. Your energy is so good. And, uh, you know, she's had a hell of a career and makes me sad to say, but she, yeah, she's going to go out on, on the, on the bottom end here. All right. Yeah. Heavyweight grandpa, Andre, <laughs> Andre Arlovsky. It is probably 10,000th UFC fight is fighting Jared Vanderoff. Who you taking? Um, this is an interesting one for me. You know, there's always Andre Olowski, um, obviously not the fighter he used to be, but he certainly does still have uh, some ability to win fights heavyweight. And uh, Jared Vandura, I mean, he's had what, uh, three fights in the UFC. He's other than the contender series, he's one and two. With that being said, though, one of them is against Alexander Romanov, who really has never lost a round. Yeah. So, um, I think this is going to be a close fight, but uh, Jared Vandera is going to get it done. Vandera. By what? Um, I think KO in the late rounds. Yeah, I'm taking Arlovsky by decision. This kind of seems like the type of guy that Arlovsky can continue to beat. Uh, I don't see him as like a, uh, a guy who's like above the caliber of fighter that Andre has been beating. Like Andre has been beating these kind of guys in his last five, six fights. Uh, he lost to Tom Aspinall, but other than that, like it's the – you know, the Carlos Felipe's, the Parker Porter's, the – what was the other guy? Uh, the redheaded kid from Canada. Oh, Tanner Bozer. These kind of guys, right, that Andre can continue to beat because Andre's got the experience and he knows how he fights. Mm -hmm. uh, and he knows how he fights so well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, taking Andre here by decision. Close fight, though, 29-28. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on, next one is the first fight on the main card. Banger. Bobby Green. Banger. Who's, yeah. One of my favorite fighters to watch. Um, This dude was born, bred to fight. One of the most aggressive, you know, never backs down fighter versus um Nasrat. Please help me out here. Hakparast. 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 Yeah. Who um, has had, uh, been fighting in the UFC since 2017. He's had his ups and downs. Uh, His last fight was a loss against Dan Hooker. He does have a couple Hooker of good wins. Up. He also has a loss against Drew Dober, but those are his uh, – um, and Marcin Held in his UFC debut. So do you know um, do you know the story with his fight against Hooker, though? No, I don't. Uh, his father passed away a week and a half before the fight, so he had to go back to Germany for the funeral. And then he was denied a visa. So they were trying to get the visa up and up and up. Until, I think he got to Vegas like two hours before weigh -ins. So really no shame in that. 
but yeah, continue. Sorry, I just wanted to give that bit of context. Uh, yeah, definitely is a good striker. Um, I don't know if he has too much in the the well-rounded, versatile game, but uh, yeah. So I'm thinking uh, Bobby Green is going to get this one done by decision. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of analysts close to the game are talking about how this should be like closer odds here. Uh, I don't think so. I think Bobby's looked really good. Bobby was in that close fight with uh, Rafael Fazeev not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, where some people were even thinking Bobby won. So, you know, Bobby's incredible. I love his fighting style. He's been around forever. He's a legend of the game. I love Nasrat. I don't think it's his time yet. I think we will see him in the rankings in this division at some point, possibly a contender. Uh, we've seen a lot of good stuff. He's got really good hands, but not yet. Um, Bobby Green, my decision. All right, moving down to bantamweight. Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Ro- Rojo. Who are you picking? Um, this is another pretty underrated fight. Uh, Kyler Phillips, his, I believe like his only loss in the UFC was against that guy that Sean O'Malley just beat up on, but it was a great fight, fight of the night. Yep. Um, and he's fighting Marcelo Roja, who's had certainly um, not a ton of experience in the UFC. He's only had one fight, right? And that was a loss to uh, Charles Jordan. Yeah. TKO, third round TKO. So I'm thinking that Kyler Phillips is going to get this one done. First round knockout for Kyler Phillips. Yeah. Okay. His power is crazy for 35. Uh, yeah. And there's no way Marcelo Rojo is going to hang in there with him. Mm-hmm. All right. Heavyweight. Or no, wait, no, yeah, middleweight. Yeah. Sorry, I skipped. I skipped. Out. I don't really understand how this one isn't the co-main event, but I mean, well, yeah. so they wanted it. I think that uh, they were talking about, or Brunson was talking about at least. He wanted it to be that way so he could do his media and then go watch main event. True. So, Derek Brunson versus Jerry Cannonier. Very contentious point between us, but we're gonna we're gonna see. I mean, yeah, I think you. Now. I think you know who I have, and I know who you have. This is certainly an interesting one because I can see this fight going two ways. For sure. If Derek Brunson gets that first takedown, it could certainly spell trouble for Jared Cannonier. Um, and I, I, we haven't seen Jared Cannonier, or at least I haven't seen Jared Cannonier do a ton of wrestling defense. I know it's, it's not very good, you're saying? I mean, he just hasn't done good. any, right? Like, he hasn't been in there yeah. with any, like, wrestling specialists. Yeah. I mean, most of the guys he's fought have also used their wrestling to defend takedowns. So, right. um, I'll be super, I'm sure he's, you know, that's what he's working on in camp right now. Right. I'm sure he's got great wrestlers coming in there and he's trying to stop the takedowns. Um, but, you know, Jerry Cannonier is one of the hardest hitting uh, 185. Yeah, 185 yeah. pounders in the history of the game. So, I'm thinking he's going to win by knockout in the first round. Yikes. Man, you keep picking against Brunson. Every time Brunson fights, you pick against him. You just don't like him? What do you got against Brunson, man? You know, um, you don't like, no, he's I, I actually do like him. I mean, obviously, great career resurgence, right? Yeah. Um, He's had many of his ups and downs in the UFC. Um, He was kind of looked at as a boring fighter for a period of time. Um, you Just because he's like to take people down, hold him Derek, down. Derek, come uh, for this man, man. Come for this man, Derek. Come on. Uh, but he oh, certainly yeah. is – He's uh, reached a new level with his ground and pound, right? Sure. And that's kind of sure. what's taken him to the to this fight. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's where that's where I'm coming in here. Uh, we've never seen Cannonier in there with really a wrestling specialist. Cannonier is obviously going to be the larger man, but Brunson's a big dude for 85 too. Uh, and don't sleep on Brunson's hands either. Like Brunson's got great hands, but it's, he's not going to win the fight there. Uh, I predict he'll get the first takedown relatively easily, wear on him for the first two rounds, and then. 
possibly even get a sub late, like Rene choke. And uh, I'm not even going to mention this now, but like Brunson by submission is plus 1400 right now. Just letting you know. Might be, a, might be a sleeper pick. All right. Co-main event will last probably 90 seconds, but what do you think? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> these two guys, I, I see these uh, as almost identical fighters in some right. You know, just one of them is far better at their game than the other one, if you ask me. Yeah. I mean, and also just a more well-rounded MMA fighter. I mean, I've seen these videos of Tai Tuivasa training at AKA, and he just looks like he cannot wrestle at all and, you know, no grappling. But um, certainly going to be an exciting one. And, I mean, I'm not even really counting Ty out because, you know, Derek Lewis has, has been known to throw on caution of the wind sometimes. And if anybody – somebody can land that big punch. But I am certainly thinking that Derek Lewis wins by a first-round knockout. Me too. I think that, like – both of these guys like uh, angled firefights, right? They like to cut off the cage, walk you down, throw to the body, and then get you to pause, and then right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the only way Ty can win this fight is by investing in leg kicks early, uh, like going down to the well and slowing Derek down, and then maybe, I don't know, trying to, like, go to the body in the second round. We've seen Derek's body get suspect, be suspect before. Uh, but nah, it's first round knockout for Derek all day. It's Taylor made matchup for him. Yeah. All right. Did you see the video where I said he was drunk when he accepted this fight? He was, for sure. Yeah, that's (laughs) He said, I was on the piss when I was talking to Ariel. (laughs) After the fight, after the interview, I kept going. I woke up in the morning, saw the text exchange of me and Mick Maynard. Oh, what I get myself into. (laughs) All right. The main event of the evening. If you guys have watched earlier episodes, you know yeah. me and Charlie are both going to go on this one, but we we we'll hear we're here to offer some rationale. So, Chuck, um, obviously, I think Robert Whitaker is going to win this fight. Uh, I don't think he brought all of the tools that he did into the first uh, into the first fight. I think his approach was very rushed, kind of reminding me of Aljamain Sterling versus uh, Petr Jan fight. Absolutely. He kind of tried to. Uh, you know, bring the pressure straight to him, which is absolutely the wrong thing to do against Izzy. You know, he's one of the best counter strikers we've seen in the history of the game. And I also think Robert Whitaker can mix it up with the wrestling a little bit. Now that we've seen that um, Izzy can be taken down and held down. And I think if he can, you know, mix up his, you know, skill set, he has, you know, some of the top striking in that division, clearly. I mean, we've seen great performance after great performance from him since he lost to Adesanya. And I truly believe that he can win this fight. I agree. Decision for Whitaker. Yep. Uh, I think I think he's going to lose some rounds. He's going to get dropped. He's going to go through some adversity. Uh, but this iteration of Robert Whitaker is one of the best middleweights we've ever seen, if not the best. I mean, you look at his performances, it's insane how he's able to like be the true definition of a mixed martial artist and win all facets of the game. Going to be a real close fight uh, because Izzy's as good as they come, right? Like he's leveled up. Like if you look at a video game, like his, he's like 90, 99 everywhere. And then maybe his wrestling and grab, maybe his wrestling's like 85 and his grappling's like 90, right? And then I think Whitaker's leveled up in those areas. So that's where I see the mismatch. Uh, yeah, but Robert can't get caught rushing in or it's going to be a short night. But yeah, Whitaker by possibly split decision, I think. I have it by decision too. Not really sure. Split unanimous. Majority. Yeah, but close fight, right? Yeah, close fight. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think the you early think, round right, is going to be really. Do you think important. it will be a good fight, or do you think it will be entertaining? 
Um, you know, I certainly don't think Izzy is going to bring the the pace to him. You know, he's gonna wait wait for Robert like like, like he, does. he does. Um, and I can see you know it being a slow start, absolutely. Um, because Robert's Rob's not gonna want to get in there like he did the first fight and throw caution to the wind, try to knock him out early because he knows that's not gonna happen. But I think you know. As the fight progresses, maybe Robert Whitaker gets a couple takedowns. Izzy drops a few rounds. Um, it will be it will progress on to see like Izzy uh, being as aggressive as we've seen him since the Gastelum fight. Right. All right. Uh, that's our predictions for this weekend's event. Uh, should be a really good event. Encouraging all you guys to watch. Uh, we get some of our MMA news of the week. Uh, we'll start at the bottom here with the announcement of AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull two. What do you think about that fight? Um, Pitbull and AJ McKee, both great fighters. Um, two of the most well-known names in Bellator. I know Pitbull was the double champ for a while. Uh, if I'm not wrong, he defended both belts simultaneously. Um, great striking, great wrestling, just all-around fighter. But AJ McKee is kind of that they, that young guy, and uh, he's the real star power in Bellator right now. He well, head kicked the shit out of Pitbull, choked him out, and threw yeah. him against the ground. So, um, I'm super excited to see that. I'm not. Uh, I know like um, these different weight classes, but I've uh, Michael Page wins and AJ McKee wins. Uh, I would love to see that fight. I think that would sell. AJ McKee versus Michael is, is Michael Page like a 70 pounder and AJ? Yeah. McKee <laughs> okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, I get where you're coming from. Those are Bellator's two biggest stars, but like, you know. Yeah. I mean, uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Right. But yeah, uh, yeah no. Uh, AJ McKee, like, you know, a product of his dad, Antonio McKee. You know, real interesting fact is when AJ. I don't know who that is. Uh, you know, he's a journeyman, been around, done a lot of stuff. Uh, he fought for uh, Strike Force. Now he's okay. fighting Bellator. But so his dad fought on the same card as uh, AJ McKee's debut. Is that crazy? They fought yeah, on the same card. It's the only time it's ever happened. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great fight. Uh, it's the best. It's the best fight Bellator can make right now at 145, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. I'm definitely Who too are you taking. Uh, too early to tell. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to make an official prediction and let the fans like jump jump in front of it. You know, are we gonna are we gonna cover that card? Oh, we can cover. We can at least cover that fight. I don't know if we'll cover yeah. that card, but um, I mean, I've been you know, I, I I unlike Charlie, do not go out very much. I study a lot. I work a lot. So I end up home a lot on Friday night. Uh, so if Bellator's on Showtime on a Friday night, bet your butt I'm tuning in. Like <laughs> it's something to watch, right? Something to yeah. watch while I eat my ice cream and stretch. After I lifted. Uh, so, yeah. And that'll be a great fight. That'll be a great Bellator card. All right. Uh, Anthony Pettis starting the Showtime FC and uh, giving out a, a, a bon- an undisclosed amount of money bonus for any fighter who will perform the Showtime kick. <laughs> Maybe the stupidest rule I've ever heard in the history of this sport. Like, it's so stupid, right? <laughs> kind of like make it fun or whatever, but that's just not good. I mean, like, these guys are just going to start the fight. Showtime kick. Yeah. <laughs> Showtime kick. Yeah. And you have to, like, get a finish with it? Is that I don't the idea? know how it works. He said if anyone, like, lands one, I think. Okay. I mean, these motherfuckers are going to be going for Showtime kicks every yeah. two seconds. That's like crazy, bro. Yeah. Just spam the bread, right? And then Anthony Pettis is going to have to go bankrupt. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't understand. I really don't. 
Uh, but I like that. I see, you know, you see more uh, fighters doing this fight promotion thing. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I know I'm a Pettis fan, so do whatever you do. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Juliana Pena versus Amanda Nunes, Ultimate Fighter Coaches. Early thoughts. Um, you know, I think it'd be a fun season. Uh, Amanda definitely doesn't have too much longer left in her career. Um, I think they're both excellent coaches. They've been around the game forever. You know what they're doing in that, that right? And uh, both Brazil. No, they're not. Julian Payne is not Brazilian. She's like Guatemala. No, she's she, not. She's not Brazilian. She's Venezuelan. Um, but. Venezuelan, right? Not Guatemala. Her name is the oh. Venezuelan Vixen. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> for this. I don't know too much about like the relationship between these two fighters. I think they're on pretty good terms, if I'm not correct. I mean, Julian talked a lot of shit, but we'll see. Yeah, but um. Do you know what weights the the fighters are going to be? Oh, uh, I believe it's it's males, females. So it's women's flyweight and men's heavyweight. Oh, men's heavyweight's always a fun one. Yeah, because the fights always last two seconds. Yeah, especially you know with Ultimate Fighter guys, you got like some guys who like a big skill gap between some of those guys for sure. Yeah, the men's heavyweight season of the Ultimate Fighter fight are like always the best ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Uh, we got. The announcement of Holly Holm versus Ketlin Vieira. Holly Holm hasn't fought in a little bit. Ketlin Vieira coming over that, coming off that win over Misha Tate. Uh, both very big 35s. Uh, and Ketlin Vieira has the opportunity to possibly make herself a title contender with a win. What do you think about this fight? Good matchup. Um, I'm not. I mean, Holly's a you know one of the legends of the sport for sure. Um, I'm not too familiar with Ketlin Vieira other than that win over Misha Tate. She looked and damn know, good, right? Yeah, she did look damn good, but Misha Tate, that was, what, her second fight back? Even though Misha Tate did look excellent in her first fight. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Holly Holm is definitely one of the legends of the sport. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of always in the mix up there with the top women's fighters. For sure. So, we'll see. All right. Uh, Big Ben Rothwell versus Alexander Gustafson. This is just an all-around funny matchup to me. I mean, like, <laughs> the fact that this is actually happening is so crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think Alexander's going to kick the living dog shit out of him personally. <laughs> you got to think so, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would be very sad if you didn't. I mean, yeah. I know who Alex lost to some guy. Redoom. Anyway, right? Redoom. Redoom. It was Redoom, but he got choked. Didn't got he got armbarred early when they yeah. were dry. Yeah. And, and in uh, a scramble where, like, you don't want to be with Redoom when you're dry. Yeah. And so, I mean, Ben Rothwell is not all that talented of a grappler, if I recall. He's got is some he, subs, but no, he's not not that he's guy. He's more of a striker. And, um, yeah, I think Alexander Gustafson, you know, unless he's really changed as a fighter, he's, um, you know, got some of the best boxing in, in that division for yeah, sure. Yeah, obviously Rothwell coming off a loss to Rogera de, de Lima, not anywhere near the boxer that Gustafson is. Uh, maybe this is just Gustafson, like, you know, he wants to get a dub back, right? He wants to get back in the win column, wants to jumpstart his career again. Uh I would imagine he's sick and tired of just being asked about Hamzat, you know? Like, I think he wants to be asked about him. And I think yeah. this is his time to do that. You know, so this, is the first, this is probably the latest in an episode we've ever said the word Hamzat. <laughs> <laughs> I think we may have – no, we talked about him earlier. When I'm I, not even bothering with fight announcement shit with Hamzat this week. Like, April 9th, right? That's what people are It's tweeting. not confirmed, though. Yeah. So until we get a confirmation, I'm just not even bothering it now. Like, I'm not even bothering with it. I agree. All right. 
Uh, actually, a really fun fight at 185. Uh, sneaky on this UFC 273 card announcement. Uh, Kelvin Gasolum versus Nasruddin Imavov. Imavov obviously coming off a huge win over uh, Edmund Shabazian, TKO, where he dominated the shit out of Edmund Shabazian. Uh, Gaslam on a bit of a skid, but only to the top guys in the division. Uh, I was hearing stuff that Gaslam might spend some time at 70, but it looked like he's taking a different course now. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Um, Not too familiar with Imanov, honestly. Um, I did look at that fight versus Shabazian. He did beat the crap out of him, right? Yeah, it was um, bad. Shabazian is still super young in the game. Um, I know he's been in the top, in and out of the top 15 a little bit. Um, didn't she fought Derek Brunson too, right? Didn't she fight Derek Brunson? Yeah, he lost to Derek yeah, Brunson and Hermanson, and then now lost to Imavov. So has he dropped three in a row? Yeah. So yeah, he was um he was a big hype train at one point, right? Because he, he knocked he knocked out uh Brad Tavares, and nobody knocks out Brad. Izzy didn't knock yeah. out Brad Tavares. And so. um, it was also like same gym as Ronda Rousey, if I believe. Yeah. Right? Well, there's that. kind of like the the pre. Or not the the predecessor isn't the vet is that the right yeah, word predecessor good good word good vocab uh, uh, yeah Ronda Rousey um but I still Calvin Calvin Gaslam has always been one of my favorite fighters in the UFC love like the underdog story of him being the last pick on uh, the Ultimate Fighter and coming to win and I truly think he uh, his left hand is one of the the best shots in the game still he um puts everybody down with that he has some of the best power and in um. Yeah. All of, you know, that division. And I think he'll probably be able to get that one done. Honestly. Oh, I don't know. It's a tough fight. My ball is very good. How about, like, I want to take a second. Though. Like, that season, the ultimate fire, I think, is the best season, the ultimate fire. The one with Kelvin Gaslam and Uriah Hall? I think so. Who are the coaches? Jones and Chael. Right, right. I mean, you're Uriah Hall. Like, Chael, put Chael on TV and he'll do whatever. <laughs> like, honestly. And I'll watch. People were wanna... crazy about Uriah Hall. Yeah, that's true. Maybe maybe something we're alluding to a little bit later in our, in our yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, and now we got the the two top of billing uh, fights. I believe we talked about these before. Alexander Volkanovsky is fighting the Korean Zombie, and Piotr Jan's fighting Alderman Sterling for the second time. Uh, what do you think of these placement matchups? And how about the news that Max Holloway, by the way, has been cleared to train and now wants to be a backup for that fight? Like what? <laughs> I did not <laughs> hear about that, but that's uh, absolutely maddening. <laughs> I, mean, the fact that, I mean, everybody knows he is the guy in that. I mean, yeah, like he is, other than Volkanovski, because obviously, you know, Volkanovski beat him. He is the guy in that division. He's beaten everybody, you know. Um, the way he beat uh, freaking, uh, what's his name? Calvin Cater is, the, you know, the worst beating I've ever seen in the sport, probably. Yeah. And it's extremely annoying that that has to happen. I mean, I would like to just see them give him the fight instead. I mean, it's tough because you already pro- you're in a situation yeah. where you already promised to fight the zombie, and obviously zombies, you know, paid in full, right? Like he's done everything in the sport. But yeah. Yeah, man, you wish they could just slide him right back in there, tell zombie, hey, like here's five hundred thousand dollars, sit your ass down, boy. Yeah. You make this fight. And um, Jan versus Sterling. I mean, everybody saw this one. You know, this had they had to run it back. Yeah. Uh, should be interesting. Definitely will be a very different fight than the first I so. fight. I think so. If you ask me, we'll see a lot more measured Aljo here. Yeah, and I, uh, I think it'll be actually a pretty close one. I think it'll be definitely a better fight. I don't know. It just gives me pause because I really don't know if Aljo can go on the feet with him at all. Yeah, but uh, 
you know, I'm willing, I'm willing to lend it some thought. I'm not going to make a pick, but I'm willing to lend it some thought. All right. Mm -hmm. That's our fight announcements. Now, uh, why don't you introduce our next little segment here? Yeah, we got our, you know, kind of like we call it Izzy and Charlie fix shit. We like to play around with weight classes, talk about historical fights, talk about some of the best up and comers in the division. Typically this week we are uh, picking the best fight of all time in each division. Yeah, all right, we can start with uh, women's 115, pretty no-brainer Easy here. pick, yeah, Joanna versus Zhang Li. I think, uh-huh. you know, uh, that's no doubt really the, like, probably the best women's fight of all time. For sure. Um, women's 125, I actually uh, – I took I took a pass because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like yeah, Valentina that was a hard just, one. Valentina just beat up everybody, right? Yeah, so I, I kind of chose my favorite Valentina finish. Yeah. That one, Valentina versus Je- Jessica I. That that's a cool left one. kick. Yeah, yeah it's nice, it's a nice fight. Uh, Valentina versus Jessica with the crucifix. That was cool. Make sure you yeah. show Valentina could take her down. All right, uh, women's one thirty-five. I'm curious actually what you what you have here. Um, there are a lot of like good fights in this one, like historical fights. You know, you got Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey, super historical fights. There was only one fight that I really think is the right answer. Um, when we talk, when like the real fans talk about the best fights typically, which I might not be sticking to whole and hold throughout this entire list, but they're typically like close contested fights back and forth. And I think there's really a uh, one best pick here. And that is Misha Tate versus Holly Holm. I agree. Totally. Uh, and I think that there's really, that's yeah, really the only pick. Um, I was thinking about maybe Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena just because there was a war um but no i mean this like true mixed martial arts on display from both fighters yeah to see that all right 145 i mean there's only really one fight that ever had any significance yeah that yeah and it's a cyborg versus nunez right it lasted 45 seconds it was a great fight while it lasted right yeah fun fight while it lasted that was the only fight that ever had any significance that way class so i chose that one yeah all right so Uh, we've been all the same fights so far kind of and well, I, I passed on. I, I have written here yeah. pass on one twenty-five, but <laughs> you definitely have the same one for this next. This next. Well, I'm uh, curious which one you went with, but yeah. Um, I don't really think there's much for question as to what the best fight of all time at one twenty-five is. I mean, this may be my favorite fight ever: Moreno versus Figueroa. One. Okay, you went with one. Yeah, that's my favorite fight ever. <laughs> uh, but three was really good. So I was, yeah. I was curious if you were going to go with three. But no. yeah, no, Figgy versus Moreno one is my favorite fight ever. And yeah. it's going to be really tough to beat that just because, like, you show all aspects of the martial arts, like, so well in that fight. Like, when, when I'm getting someone into being an MMA fan, I would show them that fight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Um, Men's 135. This is a tough one for crazy, me. Now. Crazy hard pick. I don't think we'll end up with the same one here. No, we absolutely won't. And I don't know if my pick is necessarily the right pick. Um, by any means, it's probably not the right pick. This is certainly a, a fun fight where we saw a guy that really nobody was expecting to win show off some things. Uh, <laughs> you, know, I, you know what I have already? Um, not that I'm a fan Brown. of this fighter. Not that I'm – yeah, I have TJ yeah, on. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That was a great fight, though. I mean, it was awesome. TJ it was did, like, a great fight. You, know, you didn't expect yeah. TJ to be doing all that, right? Yeah. Uh, so we have like every single fight the same so far. Yeah, and we definitely have the ne- we have the next one the same too, right? You think so? What's yours? I mean, really recently, Ortega versus Volkanovski. Yeah, I do. Have okay, <laughs> fifty-five. If we have every single fight the same on this entire list, you don't have my fifty-five. 
Um, you might, you might have one of the same fighters. Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard, no. uh, two. No, I okay. have uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Johnson, fifty-five. Okay, that's Justin Gaethje's debut. I wish we could have had a little bit more build up, but I just had to like. Yeah, I mean, just to make sure we didn't have the same one, yeah. that would have been crazy. But so, and then so we have a seventy. Well, I, yeah, I mean, we talked about fifty-five a little bit. That was a great fight. Yeah, Frankie Edgar versus Gray Maynard, one right. of the all-time trilogies for it. Yeah, you might um, be right. The way that Gray Maynard kind of came in and dominated the first round in all three of those fights, but Frankie showed like his classic grit and came back was awesome. Yeah, you might be correct. I just really like seeing Justin Gagey fight for the first time. We're just like, wow, you know. I also have in parentheses next to it just Justin Gagey in general. Nice, like. Yeah, just any time Justin Gaethje fights. It's one of the best fights of all time, honestly. For sure. All right, at 170, I actually – I listed three because this was the golden era of uh, 170. Uh, they This all kind of occurred around the same time. But I have St. Pierre versus Condit, St. Pierre versus yeah. Hendricks, and Hendricks versus Lawler, too. Okay, so I was uh, certainly thinking about the St. Pierre versus Condit one. So that's a fight that really sticks out to me and, like, I remember that night watching it when Carlos Condit hit him with that head kick because yeah. I was a huge Condit fan at that time. But I really don't think – I think you're overlooking uh, the correct fight, which was uh, not. Robbie Lawler versus Roy, Roy McDonald. If you watch it back, it's, like, not that great, to be honest. People overhype it just because of the way Robbie, like, looked at the camera and shit. But I recently watched that fight back, and, like, I, I was reading, like – because I was reading posts about it. Because I, I thought what you thought, right? I was reading posts about it. Like, you watch that fight, it's, it's, it's not that great. The first three rounds are kind of boring. So then I went and watched it back. I'm like, not that great, to be honest. Like, kind of a boring fight until round four. So Yeah, we're like, almost uh, got to finish, I think, at the end of round two, though, right, with that head kick, if there's a couple seconds left. Yeah, uh, so you, you talk about, like, uh, it's like, whatchamacallit, uh, the Mandela effect. That's what I think it is. Yeah. Watch, watch that fight and back. Just, a a lot of classic pictures. Robbie, no, so I love the fight, and I consider putting it in here. But, like, I, I really do think just watch your fight back and tell me what you think. It's it's not as exciting. I've watched that fight. I don't, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Because like there wasn't the over and over again like huge knockdown moments, but it was like a super back and forth, and there was a lot of damage done. Yeah. All right. Um. One eighty five. Yeah. I think we might have the same one here. It's the same we? one. We have to. There's uh, only one. Right Anderson versus Anderson Silva. We don't have Adesanya versus Gastelum. No, I didn't even think about that. I've checked on Anderson Silva. I mean, which do you think is a better fight objectively? There's one uh, great answer. Yeah, Adesanya, but um, certainly more great exciting. Fight. Fight. You're right. Great certainly fight. more exciting fight. Yeah, the Adesanya one. Your fight, it's a great fight, though. You know, yeah, you got Chael to see Taylor win, win the title, totally finally become undisputed. Yeah, but historically, <laughs> I mean, that's you, just you, like you, one you of did, You didn't get my joke? No. What did you say? Because we have to see Chael finally win the belt, become undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 That didn't even really cross my mind, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, objectively, you know, there's that's the best fight in the division. In the yeah. Division. But uh, yeah, I think we're definitely going to be different at 205, too. Yeah. Um, if you think that, then we probably are, because I have the super meta basic pick. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, all the websites are going to list as the number one fight of all time at 205, which honestly, I think, you know, it does have a little bit of that, that same effect as the Robbie, the Robbie the Lawler Raymond Allen fight, where it wasn't necessarily like the most exciting fight of all time. Like there wasn't a million knockdowns or whatever, 
But um, mostly what was so exciting about it is that nobody had really seen this guy tested at the time. You really went with Gustafson versus Jones 1-2? I thought you were going to go with Bonner Griffith. No, I went with Gustafson versus Jones. <laughs> you went with Gustafson versus Jones? Yeah. I thought you oh, were totally going to go with Bonner Griffith. No. I mean, I, yeah, I, I think you got to respect Bonner Griffin for what it was. But, man, mm-hmm. I really thought that was, that was your shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, I picked – so we got the same one there. Maybe we have the different one at heavyweight. I have a – I think so. Um, we might not, though, if you think so, because I think I have the most exciting heavyweight fight of all time here. Yeah, it's, I, I think mine's up there for sure. All right. Three. Um, two, no, I'm kidding. Whoa, you right. Where are your two fighters from? Uh, Australia. Brazil, Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil, Mark Humphries and Nick Silva. Yeah, I have that too. No shot. Yeah, I do. Check my sheet. <laughs> That's the best heavyweight fight of all time. It is. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. It really is. Um, so we went what on this list of how many weight classes? Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. One had, fight different? Yeah. No, two fights different? So ten for twelve. One seventy and fifty-five we had differently. Yeah. Oh no, eighty-five too, but yeah, but you kind of defaulted to me. But yeah, ten of ten of twelve. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we know we know our shit, right? Yeah. This is what it is. Uh, okay. By the way, I think we have a potential for another fight of, fight of all time at 205 when Prohaska and Glover go at it. When you're really? Because Glover's got a granite chin, dude. If Glover can stay in there, it might be an interesting fight. You think Glover has a granite chin? I think uh, Anthony Johnson has something to say about that. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I just watched uh, – I watched back The Warrior last night with Anthony, Anthony Johnson in that movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. You ever, you ever watch that recently? Globe, no. Warrior? That was a good flick. Yeah. Okay, moving on <laughs> to our top five games. Charlie's trying to bust it through because he's got homework. All right. Uh, I did all mine already. All right, so we're going to start off. Should we start funny or serious? Um, Whichever one you want. I think both oh. of these a little bit, I mean – Serious? Not really. I mean, you. Anyone's funny. All right, let, let's start with serious. Let's start with the uh, t- top five single unexpected performances slash breakout fighters or slash fighters that never never uh, reach their full potential. It's kind of the and that my, showed their potential, but then never reach it. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five. Yeah, I got maybe a controversial pick. This is a guy who is uh one of the best fighters in the world outside of the UFC and uh. I think it was Strike Force, um, and then went on to be one in six in the UFC. Still uh, commentates, does a great job with that. Uh, super well-rounded fighter, Gilbert Melendez. Ooh, yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. There, um, I went with a. So Charlie took this as fighters should never reach their full potential. I took this as five like single fights that was like had an unexpected performance, uh, and I went with Seth Petrozelli when he knocked out Kimbo Slice. Um, um, just because it's kind of like, you know, oh my god, he knocked out Kimbo Slice. Mm-hmm. Wow, I mean, he, like, put, he put elite yeah. XC like underneath, he put the whole promotion in the ground with that one. All right, uh, number four, number four, um, pretty obvious pick here. This guy was so hyped up for literally no reason other than like he was a pretty boy. Um, he was never that good, if you ask me at all. Sage Northcutt. Yeah, good good pick. Uh, I went here with uh, Edmund Shabazian when he had his knockout over Brad Tavares. Kind of everyone was saying his name. No one had really ever knocked out Brad before. 
But I think that's more to do with Brad's kind of aging chin than Edmund's actual hands. Uh, he's 0-3 since that fight. So, yep. All right, number three. Number three, I, I think we might have the same pick here, honestly. We, we alluded to it uh, earlier in the episode. This is a guy who, um, during his run on The Ultimate Fighter, people were thinking he was going to come right out of it and be uh, one of the top, like, a top contender in the UFC. Extremely flashy striking. Um, not to say that he had a bad UFC career at all, um, but he never really, you know, even him himself said it, he never loved fighting. Um, and I don't, I'm, he had like that great performance versus Gegard Mousasi, obviously, which might be somewhere on your list is what I'm guessing. Uh, but Uriah Hall, yeah. Yeah, so I have Uriah Hall in my two spot. Uh, but at number three, I actually had a tie, which was, because uh, I couldn't decide. Um, I had both uh, Lando Venata and Tim Elliott. Mm. Uh, Lando Venata was fighting against Tony Ferguson and then Tim Elliott with DJ. Both fights that we never saw being any sort of close. Both actually turned out to be really good fights. All right, well, I mm. went through my two, so you're number two. Um, my number two is a guy that is probably overlooked in, you know, in this a lot. He uh, came into the UFC at uh, – 12 and one won his first fight in the UFC uh, by knockout. There was in you know 40 seconds. There was a ton of hype around him at the time. Um, he was thought to be, you know, the next big thing. Um, and kind of just had a mad career, ups and downs, a lot of losses, couple of wins, always kind of fought good fighters. But uh Eric Silva. Ooh, forgot about Eric Silva. It's a good pick for sure. All right, I'm going down to my number one. We both have the same number. Do we? I would hope so because it's right. But anyway. I, I don't know who you're talking about. Go ahead. Uh, my number one is a guy who also came into the UFC with a ton of hype. Go ahead. Um, yeah. You were really big on this guy. Kind of just shows where uh, the most talent in the world is and that, you know, in this day and age in the UFC, you need to have a well-rounded game. You can't focus on one facet of the game. Um, a little bit of embarrassing end of his career, getting knocked out by Jake Paul, getting knocked out by Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. Really? That's uh, your number one? Also? No, it's not. It's not. My number one, and keep in mind, I think this single fight where they showed their potential and then never showed it again. Right? I got no clue. Cody Garbrandt over Dominic Cruz. Oh, that is a very true, actually. Yeah, it's Cody Garbrandt's uh, over when he fought Dominic Cruz. That was the best bantamweight that's ever fought. Cody Garbrandt, the night he fought Dominic Cruz, that's the best bantamweight that's ever been in the octagon. Maybe what we saw with Peter Yan over Corey Sandhagen was close. I think maybe, you know, Dominic Cruz in his prime, too. But I mean, like, if you're talking about who would win in a fight, like, dude, he looked so good. And he's just, mm-hmm. I think, like, he's like, what? He's like, one and six since that fight, something like that. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Uh, Would have been really nice. All right. Uh, now we got a really good one. I, I actually love this. Uh, I, I love this topic. Uh, MMA on Point did a great video about this. Yeah. Uh, shameless lies and hilarious rants from Dana White, uh, our top five list. Did you watch the MMA on Point video? No, and I don't have Dana anywhere on my list, by the way. I didn't know this was a Dana White list. I just kind of Dana White's I mean, on the list. He's on the he's on the script. 
I mean, I thought like shameless lies slash hilarious rants from Dana White. Sorry, I mean. All right, all right. You know, you you can give your list first, and then. Uh, um. Yeah, I kind of just took this as to be like um excuses for losing fights. Fair enough. Uh. Yeah. Like lies, excuses, shit. That was like. Right, so you can give your list first, and then I'll give my on-topic list. Um. Right yeah. Number five, I got something yeah. that. Oh. Hammer down. Lost my mouth. Continue. Yeah, number five. Uh, pretty recently, this dude. It's kind of just like a, a cheese ball in the game right now. Ball in the game right now. Yeah. Um, we, I remember us watching him really early on. We had a feeling this guy was going to be really good, and he has definitely played out to be one of the top guys in this division. But um, this excuse was just kind of hilarious. Paulo Costa saying that he was drunk. <laughs> um, that's a pretty good one. Uh. Another number four, this is kind of just like ridiculous. Um, in the fact that this dude, I think he's like PhD, right? Um, uh, MMA on point did a video about this too. They had this guy somewhere on the list. Um, and Shout after the fight, point, by the way, they're always producing great content for us, yeah. Facts, um, <laughs> on that channel for a long time, also. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy who was like he blamed um the fight on lactic acid buildup and like was trying to say that it was like some sort of medical condition (laughs) and like posting online about like tips to like stop lactic acid buildup shane carlin i mean that's just what happens like when you fight you know when you push super hard the first minute like that's not not like a medical condition that's just how a fight works (laughs) Um, so that's my number four number three this dude kind of just says the most hilarious shit after he loses Oh my God, three quotes here from Rampage Jackson. <laughs> One that uh, room service poisoned his food. He also said Jesus came into his dreams and like made him do some fasting thing. That's the most ridiculous one. He said like Jesus came into his dreams. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And then he also like said uh, against Rashad, I think that there were spies in his camp, like stealing his, uh, his yeah. routines. And so that's. Um, you know, that's that's pretty funny. Number two, um, I got one of the most ridiculous excuses of all time. I mean, obviously, because that's kind of what the thing is. Um, this guy just never fails to amuse me with his stupidity. Um, and it's not even like in the way where it's like, you know, you know, he's joking like it is with some other dudes. Uh, it's Tito Ortiz saying that he had a broken skull right. <laughs> after losing the fight when there was absolutely no broken skull on his post-fight medical records. Hmm. Um, it's a pretty easy thing to fact check, honestly. Yeah. I don't know how he thought he was going to get away with that. But I think there is a clear-cut number one here. Um, just because this shit was so stupid. Like, like um, this, that, this guy had been fighting in the UFC for so many fights. And after he lost, he said, I thought if I tapped, I lost the oh, round. Okay. He didn't actually think that, though, right? <laughs> like, he didn't actually yeah, think but that. That's just, like, hilarious he to me. He's just fucking around. He just fucking <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, I was under the impression that if I tapped, I lost the round and it would go to the judges' scorecards, and I was going to win four rounds to one. So, Chael Son and I thought if I tapped, he won the round. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just – I don't know if I want to tolerate any Chael slander, but that's fine. All right. Uh – all right, so I actually took a different route because I read the script that we wrote, or that I wrote, I guess. Yeah, um, it's okay. It's all right. We'll be fine. Um, so I took it as the top five shameless lies and most hilarious rants from Dana White because Dana has been known to go scorched earth in the press conferences 
Guys, if you're a serious MMA fan and you don't watch Dana White press conferences, just do me a favor and tune in. Like, there's some hilarious tidbits in there always. Like, I, I like this isn't even on here, but I just want to, like, offer an example. When the, uh, a reporter from the U.K. asked him when he planned on going to England, he's like, yeah, we're having a microphone. He's like, Austin, Apex. Houston, Apex. Miami, Apex. Abu Dhabi, Apex. Nowhere else. Next question. <laughs> And the, the, everyone was laughing. But anyway, all right. So the top five, shameless lies, the most hilarious rants of Dana White. Number five, the Kimbo Slice rant. Kimbo Slice will never fight in the UFC. Fucking sucks, were the words of Dana White. Uh, and then one month later, walked him out on the ultimate fight. Yeah. So <laughs> pretty funny, I think. <laughs> that was like the most uh, – the season of all the fighter that did the most well on – like. Team. Yeah, and then I think that's a good preview for this season because it was heavyweights. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, he had Roy Nelson on there talking about he was going to count the amount of times he hit Kimbo with hammer fist, the crucifix, and then he starts hitting him, and the crowd yeah, starts counting. Starts counting. Just, and... just great television. Just great television. All, All right, the so... Roy Nelson slander on that that series is hilarious. Kimbo's like, you know, he put her rampage like he put that big belly on Kimbo, and I knew it was over. <laughs> hey, what do you call that guy? Titties too. Yeah. <laughs> the best. Anyway, all right. Uh, number four, just recent one actually, when he went scorch earth on Oscar de la Hoya, handed out cue cards to everybody in the audience, seeing what like Oscar paid his fighters versus what he paid his fighters, and always talking about how cocaine ain't cheap and that kind of stuff. Whenever Oscar puts on fights, uh, needless to say, never like a great relationship between Dana and Oscar. So, uh, yeah, that's a funny one. Number three, uh, never women in the UFC. We said this in a TMZ interview, there will never be women in the UFC. Uh, before two years later, signing Ronda Rousey and then now spearheading the promotion of sport. Right, these two rants, I don't know if you've seen them, Chuck, but if you haven't seen them, they're required viewing. Number two, the Steve Mazzagatti rant in the post-fight press conference where he's like, you know, because you so this was in reference to, uh, I don't remember what fight it was, in the World Series of Fighting, I believe. Uh, possibly Jake, Jake Shields getting put to sleep or something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's put to sleep for about, about five, six seconds before Mazzagatti realizes, steps in, checks on him, and gets him off, right? Dana White's like, oh, yeah, look at Mazzagatti. He's over here reading his shot, like mentally doing uh, groceries for tonight. Like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my orange chicken. Oh, I'm going I'm oh, to make sure I record my show. Yeah, and, he, you know, Dana's no stranger coming at referees, talking about the Mario Yamasaki hard hands thing. That was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, the Mazagati rant, just Google or go on YouTube and look up Mazagati rant and you'll laugh so hard. But not as hard as my number one pick, which is only posted in one place. Uh, it's some uh, MMA journalism account that only has one video with these weird jump cuts. And if it's this video, and it only exists in this one place. But if you look up on YouTube, Dana White Elite XC rant, and you get the quote, that's fucking illegal. <laughs> When you're talking about, so essentially what I was talking about earlier, where you get Kimbo's license at Petrozelli there in the main event, and the promoter offers to pay Seth Petrozelli double if he doesn't wrestle. Oh, yeah, I remember that. that was so a then Dana White comes on and he's like, well, that's fucking illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's just a great rant. Uh, all those things, guys, if you ever had any time to kill and you're a fan of sport, you got to watch those rants. Just put up in YouTube any of those. All great. All right, coming out of the end of our show here, uh, you know, wrestling, we just got Penn State taking over. Uh, we got Mika Galvao at ADCC Trials, who's uh, subbed everybody. 
Uh, ADCC starting to develop a little bit. You see Gordon Ryan is going up to ultra heavy, 99 plus kilos, uh, starting to develop a little bit. You got Felipe Pena going up, Nicholas Marigali coming in. You don't know a lot about jujitsu, but based on like what little promotion, I'm sure you don't follow. Like, well, you follow Flow Grappling on Instagram. So based on the, like, are, are I don't you, know if I do actually. Are you interested and curious to watch ADCC in September? Like, will you, will you think you'll tune I'll in? Watch the finals, maybe. <laughs> All right. Uh, is Gordon yeah. Ryan there? Yeah. Well, it'll be Gordon Ryan's probably first fight in a really long time since Phil Rowe, probably, um, which is the, the UFC guy. Um, no. I'll watch Gordon Ryan. Yeah. Well, he's going to fight Andre Galvao. I know who that is, too. Super fight. Yeah. That's All right. Yeah. Lot. Charlie not big on the, on the Jits. Uh, what about Austin Gomez uh, in the – Iowa duel, uh, getting called a uh, racially insensitive word using to describe Latino people. Uh, and then his dad being called a fat, you know, piece of something uh, by Iowa fans. What do you think about all that? Um, that's horrible. I mean, nothing more to say, really. Bad, really bad. And then yeah, Iowa, Iowa bad. said they called Austin and apologized before they actually did. Really? Yeah. I mean, the Brands brothers have always been kind of crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, there's well, something the administration not quite there. They got, they got to take responsibility, right? You know, yeah. That's Absolutely. Yeah. Not was a lot it, of wrestlers. Was it like, was it fans or was it fans, wrestlers? Yeah, fans, fans. Yeah, that's horrible. I mean, yeah. I don't know how and, uh, they're yeah. supposed to control that really, like the wrestling yeah. team, but it's bad. Just want to give a brief shout out to, to Josh Ogunsanya. Do you remember who that is? Yeah, of course. He just beat Jake Wenzel, who was the national finalist from Pittsburgh last year. Really? Yeah, he just beat Jake Wenzel. national finalist? Yeah, he, he took second to Shane Griffith at 165, and Josh beat him. Uh, what great John, I mean, I remember him wrestling at Oak I think Park. He's, I think he's one year older than you, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so he would be think about this. In his, uh, in his college career, well, he's, he's Columbia, so they don't do red shirts. So he might be a sophomore, but I don't know. Maybe is he Columbia D1? Yeah. Maybe, maybe he didn't enroll his freshman year, but think about this. Josh Ogunsanya went 106, 106, 113, 145, and now he is a 165 pounder ranked among the top 10 wrestlers in the country. That's absurd that Josh Ogunsanya is ranked top 10 in the country. Because I don't know if he's quite top 10. I think Wenzel was ranked 12th because he's taken some other weird losses. But, yeah, dude, Wenzel's an animal, and Josh beat him. I, if I recall correctly, I don't think Josh Ogunsanya like, won state or anything. He won it his senior year. He did? Okay. Yeah, just at 45. But he yeah. wasn't the favorite. Uh, that other kid from Montini was, whose name I'm blanking out, I think. But anyway. All right. Uh, but that's good news. Uh, always supporting Illinois kids. Like to watch Josh Russell. He, he was always a good dude uh, when I used to wrestle with the Park Club team. So, all right. Uh, we can come to our bets of the week. Uh, I had some interesting ones this week. I believe I just was under breaking even last week by a quarter unit. Did you keep track or not really? No. All right, you, you next week can click on the DraftKings link and look up these fight odds. You, you, you didn't do that this week, no. All right, all right, what are your bets? Um, yeah, I got four bets, all 0.5 units. Um, I just got fighter in a way of way of winning, yeah. Um, I got Whitaker by decision, 0.5 units, Casey O'Neill KO, 0.5 units. Bobby Green, uh, decision 0.5 units, and Jerry Kennedy or KO 0.5 units. Yeah, all good picks. All right, so here's my picks with our with our provided money lines. Since we're nice on the show, all right. 
I went with uh, Bobby Knuckles' money line, so just to win. Uh, he's currently sitting at a plus 225, pretty big dog. I went with Derek Lewis by KO, TKO, DQ, which is a small favorite sitting at one tw- minus 120, which, I mean, that's just free money, right? Yeah. Uh, I went with the Brunson money line. He's a plus 145, uh, and I went with half a unit there. Uh, and then I went with uh, Kyler Phillips by KOTK or DQ uh, by, with a quarter unit that's sitting at only a plus 110. So not great value, but it's what's going to happen. So wanted to make some free money. And then actually I'm hedging my Brunson pick uh, with the Brunson by submission, which is sitting at plus 14 fucking hundred right now. Yeah, I would have just bet all of it on that. <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, you know, because that's like, it's not out of the question. That's right? how he's going to win if he wins, probably. Submission I mean, or decision. Yeah. So uh, I hedged myself there. Uh, and I mean, if I hit that, then I'm good. But all right. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Appreciate it. Um, as you can tell, we're trying to be a bit more timely now, getting our shit out on time. But uh, yeah, man. Uh, always good talking to you. And uh, see you next week. Deuces. Peace. Peace.